The passage I'm reading this morning is found in the book of Romans, uh, in a couple chapters. <laughs> Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not become overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Thank you, Terry. Well, good morning. Whenever we're attacked, whenever there is evil in our presence, we oftentimes want to become like Phoenix Jones. Do you know Phoenix Jones? Let me show you a picture of him. Phoenix Jones lives in Seattle, and he is a superhero vigilante who roams around the streets of Seattle and fights crime fights injustice, takes matters into his own hands whenever he sees anything going on on the streets of Seattle. Phoenix Jones steps in. He's very real. He's in the middle of a lot of things, and he's taken a lot of things into his hands. And he was just arrested last week because he went to break up a supposed fight, pepper sprayed a bunch of people, and they were just dancing around having a good time. He's stepping into a lot of different things, taking justice and taking evil into his own hands, saying, I will fix this problem. The real authority, the police, are having real problems with Phoenix Jones. But he keeps going out there saying, let us take things into our own hands and we will overcome evil by our strength. It's true for us, isn't it? How quickly we want to respond to evil, to attack, either against us or against others. How we want to take things into our own hands when, when we are wounded, when we are pursued, when we have evil, again, coming against us or a family member. We want to take it into our own hands. And as we look at Samuel 24 this morning, 
David is learning to turn that attack, that attack that's coming from the enemy, to, to turn that over to the Lord. And he's learning to, to trust God, to see his hand in things. He's learning to say, Father, you have this. I want to take this into my own hands. I want to be the one to exact justice. But Lord, here, I surrender it to you. He's learning to trust in God's promises. Allowing God to deal with the enemy. And what is that looking like for you guys right now? Where is that enemy that is coming after you? Where is that struggle where you want to either take revenge, get back, take justice into your own hands, and don't wait upon the Lord to see what he's doing? And this morning, what I really hope we see and what we learn together and what we allow the Holy Spirit to do in us is that we're learning to, to overcome Overcome evil by offering good, by being good, righteous, offering God's goodness into the middle of evil situations. So let's look at Samuel 24. After Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told, David is in the desert of En Gedi. And so Saul took 3,000, 3,000, just think about that, Chosen men from all of Israel, these were the best of the best. And he set out to look for David and his men near the crags of the wild goats. That's what Angedi means, crags of the wild goats. And he came to the sheep pens along the way, and a cave was there, and Saul went in to relieve himself. And David and his men were far back in the cave. The men said, This is the day that the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. So then David crept up unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Afterward, David was conscious stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. And he said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lift my hand against him, for he is anointed of the Lord. And with these words David rebuked his men, and he did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left that cave, and he went on his way. So where are we at in the story? I want to remind you and show you some visual of the place of En Gedi, this, this place in the middle of the desert we talked about last week. These are some of the caves in En Gedi. There's hundreds of them. And it's the place that is an oasis full of refreshing, that he fled, he fled out of the desert and into this place, the, the crags of the wild goats. And he went there, and and Saul has 3,000 men, choice, the best of the best, pursuing David in this area. You can roll these slides. And as he's pursuing them there, 
David is hiding out in a cave, and right in the middle of, of King Saul's hot pursuit of David, he needs to go find a cave and, and read the newspaper for a while. That's what he's doing. And he goes and he finds the cave. And you've got to understand something about these caves, and as they've, as they've uncovered these caves and gone in, they're very, very dark. And as you go into the caves, there are more and more offshoots, more caverns that just keep going back and back. And so they go on and deep and dark, dark, dark. I mean, isn't it interesting as you think about what's happening and, and, and nobody can find David. Saul's got his, his choice men. And he goes into the one cave to go relieve himself and it just happens to be the cave that David and his men are at. Coincidence? God is orchestrating. God's hand is upon. And Saul goes into this cave. And right away you go, as the men, you go, hey, this, this is a Christmas gift. Jesus isn't even born yet and we're having Christmas. It's all wrapped up. Saul, the enemy, is in the cave and it's time to be Phoenix Jones. And we are going to take out evil. David, this is a gift from God. He's brought him right into your presence. Let's kill him. Let's kill him. All of the guys are saying, this is of the Lord. And then they're trying to speak to him. Hey, this is what the Lord said when he's going to deliver your enemy into your hands. This must be, this must be it. And you know what? At first glance, you kind of go, yeah, maybe the Lord did. He put his hand on that, delivered the enemy right in. Maybe. But in all of these things, in all of these things, don't we need to seek the Lord? God, is this from you? God, how do you want me to respond to this? Are you wanting me to attack? We just saw David just a little bit before in the earlier chapters when there was attack on an Israel camp. And what did he do? And David inquired of the Lord. Lord, should I go attack? David is starting to grow in his, his love of the Lord and in hearing his heart and asking the Lord, Lord, what should I do? In this case, the voice of the men is powerful. I think overpowering David in hearing the Lord. All of the guys are saying, take him out. Let's play Phoenix Jones. I'm going to put on my superhero costume. Take him out. And I think, you know, as we think about the, the humanity of David, and just, again, a man after God's own heart, but very human, very raw, very much like you and me. I can only imagine he's really wrestling with this. And as he's going into stealth mode, scriptures say he, he snuck in, he's, he goes in. And I, I can imagine at this place, he's just going back and forth with the Lord, really wrestling. Now, you've got to understand something about the scene. David, God has given us Saul. Go, go nuke him. It's time to take over. It's time for you to be king. 
we're with you. And at the same time, David, as a man, wrestling with all of the wounds that have come from Saul. Do you have someone in your life like that? Who's caused you a lot of wounds? Who's done nothing but attack your life? Who's caused a lot of pain over and over and over again? Do you have someone in your life like that? And it leaves you emotionally damaged. Saul started out with David. Do you remember how it played out initially? Oh, I love you, David. I love you. You're a blessing to me. Came into camp and you, you killed Goliath. You're just you're amazing. And I give you authority over my armies and I just love you, David. And then what happens? Spears start flying at his head, right? And then he's, ah, you know, oh, that was just a bad day. Had a bad day, David. Come on back in, play, play music for me. And then what happens? Spears come flying at his head. Rage in Saul, jealousy in Saul, fear in Saul leaves him at a place where the scriptures say day after day after day he was in pursuit of David who had done nothing to deserve that. And then he shows up in the cave, King Saul does. Now can you imagine all the wounds, all the unfair attack, all tied in with my men saying, this is of the Lord. Can you imagine the wrestling with God? And I think David was. And I think even as he's getting right to that point, and he's just like, I want to kill this guy. And he holds back, and I think he's, Lord, ugh. And he cuts off a piece of his robe. In the heat of the moment, takes a corner. And you go, well, that's not so bad, maybe. But the scriptures seem to indicate otherwise. The scriptures speak to David's heart as he cuts off a piece of the robe of Saul, his king. And it says, it says this, the, the NIV says he's conscience-stricken, other translations have his heart uh, was smote. His heart was... Remember smote was that same word. Hey God, should I go smote the Israelites? I mean the Philistines? Same word. His heart was just... It's the idea of just wipe them out. His heart was just wiped out. Broken. Just upside down. And so it makes you wonder what, what God might have said to David. That maybe he did say, David, I don't want you to take out the king. And he, he made some steps where he cut off, cut off his corner. And then his heart was just ripped up. What have I done? What have I done? I've exacted justice. I've come in and I've messed with God's anointed one. This was God's hand that should have been upon the king. And I put my hand upon the king and his robe. 
And what I think it really shows here is this beautiful picture. Again, the whole theme of Samuel is a heart like God's. And I think what we're starting to see is, as David is growing in his faith, just like you and I desire and want to be and are, as he's growing in his faith, and when he, he, he isn't responding in a way that he knows is of the Lord, God gets a hold of his heart, and he responds to that. Oh, why did I do that? That's not what the Lord would have of me. That's a repentant follower of Christ, of God. That's one who's broken when they, they do what is opposite of what the Lord has. That's one who wrestles with the Lord and wants to be righteous. And I think David is wrestling with the Lord. And his heart is torn up about it. And he realizes, I shouldn't have done this. The Lord's working on him. I think he's reminding David of his promises to him. And David takes that heart and he expresses it to his men, right? In verses 6. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lift my hand against him. Previous chapters we saw the word hand come up a lot. God's hand, God's hand, God's hand moved, God's hand delivered, God's hand had strength. And David saying, my hand isn't the one to be lifted against Saul. Every one of us, I think, would wrestle with whether or not we should take Saul out of the picture. Don't you? All the, I mean, Saul's just a horrible boss. He's a horrible boss. He's one that, that gets after you day after day after day. And if you have an opportunity to expose something about your boss so that maybe they get removed, boy, you wrestle with that. He's the worst kind of boss you could have. It's just not occasionally getting on you. It's everyday pursuit against you. How do you wrestle with those things? David struggles because he takes some things into his own hand. And finally, the heart comes out. Lord forbid, and look at the words, that I should do things to my Lord. And he recognizes, he recognizes Saul's authority that has been given. He is the Lord's anointed. That is true. And David comes to that place to realize, you know what, this authority has been given and placed by God. And who am I to step in and be Phoenix Jones and get my revenge here and take out the enemy? He says, it's not what God has for me. And like the passage read in Romans, let God be the God of vengeance. Let God deal with evil. It doesn't mean we don't stand up or we just let evil just crush us. But when it comes to exacting vengeance, that's God's hand upon the enemy. And David realizes, whoa, this thing I have done is not what I should have done. Let me speak the heart of God. This is who Saul is. Even though he's a horrible boss, I'm under his authority. See, the thing that's hard for us today is that authority has just been thrown out the window, hasn't it? 
I mean, you talk to you talk to principals and you talk to teachers, and there is no respect, dignity, weight for authority, is there? Everybody fights against it. When I was a little guy in Half Moon Bay, California, we had Mr. Starr. He was the principal. And he had great respect from us and awe and incredible fear because in those days he had the paddle. (laughs) But it did. It created this sense of he's an authority figure. And at the time, back then, and some of you experienced this, where principals were allowed to give you a swat. And I got quite a few. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I wasn't wrong, but I don't know. (laughs) But more than just the paddle was just, he's the principal. I need to do what he says. I need to respond to that. Nowadays, what we hear from our teachers and from our principals is you go to discipline a child, and obviously we, we can't, there's no spanking going on, but you go to discipline a child, there's consequences for your choices. And what happens? You get a parent or parents coming and saying, how dare you? How dare you discipline my child? Who are you to tell my child what to do? And then there's lawsuits, and then there's, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. There's no weight to the principal, and the parents come and attack, and they make fun of the authority figures at school and in any position. It's true, isn't it? Authority is being thrown out the window. Yet God, God reminds us in Ephesians 6 about authority. And there have been about horrible bosses. Slaves, workers, people under authority... Obey your earthly masters and do that with respect and with sincerity of heart just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but like slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart and so serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord and not men. Because you know the Lord will reward every one of you for whatever good he does, whether slave or free. God's placed authority in our lives. David is cut to the core because he challenges that authority. And he doesn't let God be God. He doesn't let God take over this situation. And yet, as he takes his action to cut off the robe, to, in a sense, attack that authority, his heart is broken over it. And he starts to realize, okay, God, you have this. You have this. Where are you guys facing that today? Where you need to say, God, you have this. I've been trying to take over this stuff. There's been all this attack. I've been trying to either get back or I've been trying to be the one who will exact justice here. What do you need to turn over to the Lord? And in areas where there's authority over you, where do you say, Lord, I have a horrible boss. 
some days I don't even know how I'm going to make it through. And I've been trying to figure out ways to get on them. But Lord, you take it. You take it. For each of us, it looks different. David is responding to the Lord. And now look at verse 8. David went out of the, the cave and he called out to Saul, My Lord, the King. And when Saul looked behind him, David, look at what David does, amazing. David bowed down and he prostrated himself with his face to the ground. And he said to Saul, why do you listen when men say that David is bent on harming you? This day you have seen with your own eyes how the Lord delivered you into my hands in the cave. Some urged me to kill you. But I spared you, and I said, I will not lift my hand against my master, because he is the Lord's anointed. See, my father, look at this piece of your robe in my hand. I cut off the corner of the robe, but did not kill you. Now understand and recognize that I am not guilty of wrongdoing or rebellion. I have not wronged you. But you are hunting me down to take my life. And so may the Lord judge between you and me. And may the Lord avenge the wrongs that you have done to me. But my hand, again, look at that word again, my hand will not touch you. For as the old saying goes, from evildoers come evil deeds, so my hand will not touch touch you. Against whom has the king of Israel come out? Whom are you pursuing? A a dead dog? A flea? Basically saying I'm nothing. May the Lord be our judge and decide between us. And may he consider my cause and uphold it. May he vindicate me by delivering me from your hand. Saul. I love what God is doing with David, and I think it's the same work he wants to do with us. What do we do when the enemy is upon us? How do we treat our enemies? And I think the question has to be for all of us, what would you have done? Or what would you do now? What does that look like? You know, it's, it's amazing, again, in the culture we live in. Everything is, we should be Phoenix Jones. Let's attack back. There's a TV show that's very popular. It's called Revenge. It has millions and millions of viewers. The, the storyline is a little girl... Her father is killed by this elite group, wealthy, wealthy people. And the father is killed by this group of people, and this group of people has a lot of control, and they actually create a terrorist plot on American soil. And her dad was somehow mixed in with this group, but her dad was killed. She ends up in juvenile care, in in hospitals, 
for her emotional being. And finally she gets out as an adult. And the whole, the whole plot line for revenge is that I will get back every single person who was involved with my father's death. And so every episode is one individual that she is going to wipe out. And the whole show is this, this young girl that is consumed with revenge. And you know what? When you, when you read the premise and when you watch the show, you go, yeah, get those guys. How dare they kill your father? That's what our flesh wants to do, right? Yeah. Good, you got another one. They are evil. And what they did is evil. And you just took them out of the picture. Yes. And then God is piercing our hearts. Saying that's not the heart of God. I want you to respond and overcome evil with good. Why? Because it reflects who God is. And you can be empowered by the Holy Spirit because our flesh, our flesh wants to take someone out sometimes. But we can be consumed instead of revenge, we can be consumed with the Holy Spirit who is saying, here is the power to do good to those who are your enemies. What does David do? He doesn't take revenge. He very easily could have. David's a mighty warrior. Took down Goliath. You don't think he could have taken down Saul in a second? He didn't. And this passage, this little section from 8 to 15, is, is really beautiful about how we enter in with our enemies. He gives weight he gives weight, value, to Saul as a person. Someone created by God. He gives weight because he is anointed by God. And what I love about what happens, Saul's leaving the cave. David goes out and takes the first step. He runs after Saul. Sometimes that's the hardest thing for us to do, isn't it? I've got an enemy who's attacking me. And God, you want me to go after them with the first step of, of your hand, of your grace? That's what you want me to do? David takes the first step and he says, My Lord, the King. He honors him for who he really is. The truth is, Saul is the king. And then this beautiful thing, he bows down before him. That's incredible humility. David had the power to kill Saul, but incredible humility humbles himself, puts himself in a vulnerable position, offers these incredible endearing words. My father, he calls him, my father. Why are you doing these things? Why are you coming after me? Why are you believing the lie? And he speaks with, with incredible truth, but he steps out after Saul, and he, and he speaks what, what's going on, and he gives him value, and he 
gentle, and he offers kind words, yet truthful words, yet powerful words into the situation. And he reminds Saul of what's going on, and he reminds Saul of God's truth, and then he gets to that place that we all need to get to. But may God judge this situation. I am letting God judge this. My hand will not come against you. 24.13 says, Out of wickedness comes wickedness. That means, if David were the wicked man that everybody's saying he is, he certainly would have killed Saul. If I'm really as evil and out to get you as everybody's saying I am, I would have taken you out, buddy. It's not true. And he just lets God's light shine into the situation. Saul, this is what's really going on. Saul, I'm not your enemy. Saul, stop. My father, don't believe those lies. So what's the big picture? How did David treat the enemy? With incredible grace, with incredible mercy, he's like Christ, offering, actually again, and this is God's offering, offering Saul even a chance to repent again. Isn't that God's wooing love? His wooing love towards us. He does it with Saul. And he shows God's love. Martin Luther King Jr. said, Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. And mercy was shown to Saul just like Christ showed it to us. And he disarms Saul. He just completely disarms him. And Saul says in 17 of chapter 24, You are more righteous than I, he said. You have treated me well, but I have treated you badly. Basically saying, you have treated me with goodness. I have treated you with evil. And you have just now told me about the good you did to me. The Lord delivered me into your hands, but you did not kill me. God's grace, God's beauty, God's love is shown through David to Saul. This is how he dealt with the enemy. And I believe this is how our Lord wants us to deal with our enemies. Offering kindness where there is evil. Disarming with incredible peace. Listen to Paul in 1 Timothy. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and violent man, even though I was all those things, Paul says, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. And the grace of our Lord, I love this, the grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. And here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. 
But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, may there be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Where is God calling you to step into a situation and to be one who offers peace, to be one who offers grace and mercy? Our flesh screams out, I will be Phoenix Jones, and I will exact justice, and yet God is wanting to pierce your heart and say, let my hand be on this. Proverbs 16. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. Where can we pour out love and grace like Paul received, the worst of sinners? Where can we be peace in the middle of a situation where nobody else is peaceful, where can we offer his love? You see, overcoming evil with good has been God's plan from the beginning. And so Christ died for us so that we might have life. And so we're going to take the communion this morning and remember that God overcame evil with good. And that his power of the resurrection allows us, enables us, empowers us to do the same. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this morning and I thank you for King David's example. And I thank you how he surrendered that moment where he, he could have got even, Father. He could have exacted revenge and justice. But where he turned that over to you, and I just thank you, Father, that we know that we are empowered with the same Holy Spirit. And so, Father, do that in our lives this morning. Do that in our lives that we are reminded that we don't have to face evil by doing evil and attacking back, but that we can entrust you that vengeance is yours, Father. And, Father, even allow us to to bring the message of salvation as we overcome evil with good. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we thank you for this time of communion that we have with you. Would you minister to our hearts and pierce our hearts, we pray. Amen.